Hey, everybody, it's Jeff. We're going to get to our podcast conversation in just a minute. I know you're going to learn a lot and you're going to be challenged at the same time. We're excited about that. But before we do, I wanted to let you know that if you are not an MXU Now subscriber, now is a great time to sign up. Our latest batch of content features our good friend Corey Edwards, who mixes front of house for Elevation Worship. Corey's going to talk us through how he processes everything from his kick drum to his vocals to guitars to bussing and everything in between so you can get a great feel for how he gets the mix he gets when he mixes for Elevation. So go to mxu.rocks and check it out. Sign up today. We can't wait to see you there. Now let's get to the podcast. You are now entering the MXU podcast. No credentials required. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to episode 51 of the MXU podcast. Lee, we made it past 50, and we decided not to quit. I'm really excited. Uh, yeah, we're senior citizens now. Well, that's 55, <laughs> isn't it? Well, AARP <laughs> might be sending us some mail uh, as, as we speak. I'm not sure. But we're excited today to be joined by two good friends. We have Nick Kofal and Chad Vegas, who are both here with us. We'll let you guys introduce yourselves in a minute, but um, you know, I know Lee, you have connected with Chad, particularly through uh, the transformation stuff that you've been helping with, and obviously, we've been friends with Nick for a long time through MXU's relationship with Summit, and in fact, Summit was the first partner we had in our very first MXU live event. Oh, gee, which seems like forever ago. So we're just grateful that both of you guys are here. Um, to have a great conversation today. I'm looking forward to it. Yeah, same here. Yeah, so why don't you guys uh, just take a second, tell everybody what you do, where you live, why you're here. Chad, go first. <laughs> yeah, I'll go first. Uh, yeah, I'm Chad Vegas. Uh, most people right now know me, uh, former live video director of Bethel and Bethel Music uh, for live video. And uh, now I'm over in Tulsa, Oklahoma, part of Transformation Church. Um, they brought me on about a month ago. And uh, yeah, we're making good strides here. There's some cool stuff happening in the works. And um, that's what I'm doing here now. So at Bethel, the video stuff you were doing was basically live, live directing, cutting cameras for services, cutting cameras for services, all of their music, uh, live, anything that you see that's a live event was, uh, was, was my cuts and stuff. Cool. Yeah, which we all know is the best. So he won't brag on himself, yeah. so we will. But yeah, Bethel is actually responsible for making video in church good. So thank you, Chad. Oh. And I know there's a lot of people there, and, and you'll probably say this, but um, there's a lot of people behind the scenes. But, I mean, you were the one calling the show, so uh, <laughs> I'm giving you the crown, my my friend. Thank you, sir. <laughs> all right, and Nick. Dude, yeah, how so long I'm have Nick we known each other? Oh man, I've been at Summit now for seven years. So, so the whole I would time. say, yeah, the whole time. Yeah. Yeah. It feels sure. longer. So we, I don't know if that's good or bad. <laughs> it, yeah. I mean, maybe a little of both. So, yeah, <laughs> it's funny about time because, you know, obviously 2020 time is just, it's just weird. But my wife and I were talking last night and we were talking about kind of the week of Christmas and leading up to Christmas. And she was like, you realize that was two weeks ago today. And I'm going, that feels like three months ago in some ways. It does, yeah. It's so strange how that, especially around Christmas and New Year's, that time gap is just, it's so weird. So anyway. Yeah. I think everything just 
slowed down in 2020 for sure. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. In fact, I have a um, I, my mother-in-law um, has a uh, little like dish towel or something with a pyramid of wine glasses that are all sort of empty. And it basically says, um, in dog wine, I've only had one. (laughs) (laughs) That's That's funny. Amazing. That's funny. All right, Nick, tell us about yourself. Yeah, so I'm Nick Kofal. I'm the Chief Vision Officer for Summit Integrated. And uh, I live in wonderful Colorado. And um, it's a nice snowy day here today. And... um, but man, I've been at Summit, as we just said, for seven years. And I went from kind of doing some sales stuff and traveling and hanging out with churches to now leading a team of guys that do that to now moving into more of just like vision and strategy for where we're going for the future. Um, I'm uh, super thankful for the work that we get to do. We are a full AVL firm that only works with churches. Um, and it's been kind of fun because that uh, kind of core belief in us has been really challenged over this last year. Um, because, you know, truthfully, uh, there's not been a ton of, you know, churches that are doing big, massive projects and that sort of thing. And so we've had a lot of the uh, schools and, you know, other construction opportunities come along. And um, But for us, man, we've just tried to stay really true to who we are and who we believe God's called us to be. Um, and trust him with the rest of it. And so uh, we've uh, we've had a really wild and exciting year. I'm excited to see what happens in the church world as we begin to uh, start to kind of slowly, you know, dip our toes back into this place of opening up again um, and uh, getting people back in houses of worship uh, outside of just the video experience that we're, you know, everybody has been working on over the last year. Um, but man, it's uh, it's really exciting. I love what we're doing, and I love being a part of what we're doing. Um, I'm a church kid. I'm a pastor's kid. Um, I'm an ex-church planter uh, and musician. And so for me, like uh, fitting in my role here at Summit, it's been neat because I get to kind of borrow and pick and choose from all these different areas of experience um, and passions um, and put them to use in one particular place. So I feel like a kid in a candy store, to be honest with you. So it's a lot of fun. That's a great summary of yourself and a great segue into why you guys are here so i think it was it's been a couple months now it seems like longer and shorter like we all just said um <laughs> i just busted out my phone one day after eating some sushi maybe it was the sushi that did this maybe the, i think it was probably the makuni yes that made you do it <laughs> i yeah. left makuni and i got in my truck and i'm like i just need to get some thoughts out and i recorded a video of me just asking some questions about video in church, more specifically camera work, if that's a term we could use. And sure. and just asking, can it also be so good, quote unquote, and maybe good is worth defining, mm-hmm. that it's become distracting and it's become an art. I mean, video has always been an art. I don't want to say, let me back up. It's always been an art, but it's changed, right? Right. Mm-hmm. Because it's it's gone from the purpose of IMAG in a live service was to basically just get the people on stage bigger on side screens. I mean, that Mm -hmm. was basically from a utilitarian standpoint, that's kind of what anybody who's experienced modern worship through the nineties, that was kind of the, the point of as rooms got bigger 
as things got more modern, we needed to have a way to have more of a quote broadcast type right. look so that somebody could look onto a screen and see a person with a guitar and a microphone bigger than they could from a hundred feet away on a stage. I mean, that's, that was kind of the deal. And then there's been this evolution to, okay, can we get more artistic? Can we get more film-like? Can we get more edgy, so to speak, and yep. make it, make it a real artistic, creative medium, not just a utilitarian IMAG situation. Right. And I think the church, you know, the church has been in like we are in many ways, you know, the church versus maybe a live tour type experience has been way behind in a lot of those creative elements. Right. And so as as we've tried to sort of catch up, maybe is a good way to say it, it's been a little jarring in some ways, but it's also been a great opportunity in other ways. So that was kind of my, sort of, as you were talking in that video, that's just sort of the picture I had in my head of this transition from where we used to be a generation ago to where people are trying to go now. Yep. Yep. And in the video the uh, you guys can go back and watch it. It's on our Instagram and mine. It's basically me asking a couple of questions. Like why, why have we gotten away from more shots of the worship leader? Like we'll hit, you know, the last chorus, like the climax of the song and we're still on a cool drum shot. It's like, wait a second. Now, 10 years ago, it was only shots of the worship leader. And it was like, man, it'd be cool to do some stuff on drums. But like church never did that. Right. So like, we've gone from one end of the spectrum to the other. So, Jeff, you just gave a really good kind of chronological explanation of where we've been. But, Chad, I've heard you talk about why you do video the way you do. So I'd love for you to just to talk about your philosophy in video and worship. Yeah, um, I think for it's kind of twofold. But the first thing is definitely my whole deal coming into a quote unquote traditional broadcast setting, um, especially the way it was done at Bethel before um, there, there was a little bit of movement and, and stuff, but there wasn't, I felt there was still this weird disconnect, like between what, what happens at home and what's on stage. And I wanted to try to find a way to bridge that gap and to, to have people feel what's happening at home, um, what we feel in the room. And, uh, and so we got together uh, when, when I took over the department, we got together and I, I talked with um, the production director at the time, Drake Kelch and Jesse Maitland, um, who was kind of like video engineer and uh, associate director kind of deal. And, um, and we got to talking like, how, how do we do this? How do we make it feel a little bit more engaging? And the whole approach to a more cinematic style, handheld, getting different shots, giving, uh, you know, I think the second part of that was really allowing your camera ops to be creative and have them try new things. And, and kind of we're like, well, let's just see if we can push the bar a little bit, push the boundaries. Right. Um, and and in all of that, we found a kind of like a happy medium. And um, every once in a while, you know, just because of what we're doing, we'll end up going, kind of pushing it a little bit more. And then we draw back. We push it a little bit, draw back and see where it lands. But um, for the most part, it was really uh, I found that this big experiment that we were doing um, actually took off in, in ways that we've never we never even thought it would have. And I think a lot of people tend to look at that and they, they tend to to really like, oh, let's try to do that Bethel style, right? Let's try to do this and this. But 
in the in behind the scenes, they they're not realizing a lot sometimes that it takes a lot of work. And it's not not like um we're, you know, we're we're constantly grinding on on the camera ops, but it's it's a constant, hey, we're gonna come in, we're gonna rehearse this, we're gonna try this out. And it's I think the the a big picture, um I don't know why I'm leading into this, but the big picture is a lot of people they don't they don't realize that everything we did at Bethel and everything I'm doing now at, at Transformation is definitely all intentional. Like I'm not trying to do a move just to do the move, just to say, oh, it's cool. It's literally intentional because it if it's not intentional, it comes across the screen and that can be a big distraction. Um, totally. There's a lot that we can talk about here. I mean, yeah. it's <laughs> yeah. like I've already got like eight things, but yeah. let's just let's just for a second like because there are some people listening who are going, all right, I've got my cameras dialed in. We're going for this, you know, 24 frame cinematic thing, softer looks. You know, I've I've got my I've got my sort of shot list down and they've gotten as far as okay, I've got this really cool shot uh up the neck of the guitar player when we cut to the turnaround between the first chorus and the second verse. That's just copying other things they've seen. So I think it's important to talk about creativity to begin with. Like when you're when you're talking to those camera ops, when you're training, when you're getting into the nuts and bolts, are you deriving and developing a shot list? Are you talking about creativity in general and letting them just sort of sort of go and explore? Like what's the for somebody who's kind of stuck? Right. Yeah. It's like because I, I see the same four shots in every worship set that I look at online, right? Right. Yeah. And so, you know, how are you thinking about when you say we're going to push it and, and then maybe come back and push it and come back in that two steps forward, one step back approach? How do you think about that in terms of just expansion? Yeah, it's um, a lot. Really came from uh, two two things that I I really. I really wanted to to do was one, I really felt like, and, and kind of like what you're talking about earlier, Jeff was where, you know, before it was, Hey, let's just get people bigger, larger on stage for iMag. You know, we don't have to really um, do a lot with camera work. Um, and the, what, for me, it was one of those things where I, I realized, and I, I forgot where I, I thought about this a couple of days ago and I, I didn't post it. I should have, but I think there's a there's a place in in a church where a lot of them don't now yes because of covid they're focused on video but they're not a lot of people aren't focused on video a lot of churches aren't really focused on video and there yes it's because two point parts they want to do it good and some some just don't feel like it's needed um but also when the people that don't feel it's needed like there are people creatively that wants to express themselves creativity uh sorry guys uh, there are people that wants to express themselves creatively that's in the church, but there's no output for that. And they want to do it within the church, but there's no output for that. Um, so I wanted to create an area where they could be creative on their own. Um, we don't really, I never really build a, like a full shot list. It's really like, Hey, let's listen to the song. Let's sit down. We give them a zone. And within that zone, they're responsible for capturing certain instruments or certain singers, you know, worship leaders. Um, then I, I let them feel, feel, feel what they feel, create, create how you feel. And then I just shape the story at the, at the, in the back end. Um, the, 
the, the reason why I did that though, is because I realized when I was a cam up myself, like I would want to do certain things that the director wouldn't want to do, or I would take, go and make a shot happen. Right. I would take a shot that in my mind was really cool. And the director cuts to me and goes, Ugh. and immediately, <laughs> you know, yeah. Yeah. And for me, that immediately just took me, you know, for me, I will say this for even camera opping, directing, that's my act of worship. So that's how I worship. And so immediately it takes me out of worship when I hear over comes, my shots on, on the screen and uh, I hear the director go like, <laughs> right, you know? And so don't mess with my art, bro. Yeah. yeah right. right. And it was, it came to the point where, you know, it was one of those things where I, it happened a few times and I, I sat down one day. I'm like, man, Lord, I don't know what, what is going on. Cause I don't like this, like for that feeling is for me, this was like personal, right. I kind of take it personal. And he's like, listen, you don't have nobody to impress. I'm already impressed with you. Worship through your craft and just go for it. And, um, so taking that in mind as a director now, I kind of give them the, the creative uh, abilities to kind of do what they want to do. But I also like to, talking about taking two steps back is I'll also rein them in like, hey, that's a little bit too much. Hey, let's, you know, because we still want to, we still don't want it to be a distraction, right? We still don't want it to be so crazy that, that people, you know, want to tune off or, or, you know, we get the complaints, right? All that stuff. Um so you still got to find that happy medium, that happy place where it's like, Hey, can we, can we do this? Let's try this. There are times when I'm listening to a song um, uh, and I'm like, Hey, what if, what if he did this? What if he went from this instrument to this instrument at this point? And that's pro- probably the only time I'll ever do like a shot list for, for them. Um, but other than that, it's really just like, Hey, this is your act of worship. Go ahead and do what you want to do. Uh, and you know, there's definitely like, I kind of call it like a five rule system that I kind of, kind of loosely have them in there. But, uh, for the most part, it's, it's really like, Hey, this is, this is how you have the freedom to basically worship. Okay. I love that you're talking about frameworks and zones and freedom. So I want to get back to that, but I want to jump over to Nick now, because when, when we posted this video, Nick, you commented on it, which you don't ever comment on things that can be uh, controversial, definitely not political. Um, right. I, don't, I don't think all all four of us don't do that. So well done, guys. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I just want to read your comment that you put on the post because okay. it, it, I felt like it answered my question that I knew the answer to, but didn't know how to articulate it. Hmm. So let me just read this. You wrote, I think there's confusion often between creating visual interest and engaging worship shots. Knowing the difference between the two is critical. Often, when you get new gear, you can overuse it, and without realizing it, it becomes a distraction. To the trained eye, it often looks like the real reason for all these different cuts, shots, is boredom, lack of focus, immaturity, or lack of understanding the overall vision for their worship gathering. If the ministry's goal is to create a meaningful worship experience, then we as tech folks need to look at how we can best set the table for our viewers to enter in, engage, and walk away saying they experienced Jesus today. Sometimes I think we fall victim to playing to the wrong crowd. We get caught up in trying to do super artsy and cool stuff that our other tech buddies are going to nerd out and will comment on, and in reality, they are not the audience we need to be thinking about or producing for. 
Boom. Everyone drop your mics, please. <laughs> 100%. Yeah. That was a very thoughtful, I, I can tell you put a lot of thought into that. It's very thoughtful, pastoral, and mature statement. So talk me through that. Well, thank you. Yeah, I mean, I think <clears throat> based on where we are in the church world and what we get to do, um, I hear constantly one of the things that I – I, uh, I ask churches when I go and sit with them as I go, well, talk to me about the goals. Talk to me about the vision. Talk to me about what is it that if I'm a new person walking into the door for the first time, what is it that you want me to walk away with? Um, how would I experience your Sunday morning? Um, and it's interesting how there's a lot of guys that can answer that question very, very well. Um, there's very intentional thought of like, this is who we believe God's called us to be. This is how we're going to reach our community. This is why we do what we do in our services. This is, um, you know, and they go down the list and it's like, oh man, this is so awesome. And there's other guys that go, well, we rip a little bit off of Bethel. We rip a little bit off of Elevation. We rip a little bit off of Craig Rochelle and we call it good, man. And it's like, wait a minute, hold on a second. Um, Todd Henry, um, who's a great author, um, I've used this quote a thousand times. Um, he finishes every podcast with saying, remember, ladies and gentlemen, copycats and cover bands never change the world. And so for me, I constantly am in this place of trying to figure out who are they authentically? Like, who are they, what is their authentic expression of Jesus within their own community? Uh, what's their style? What's their flair? What's their flavor? Because there's room for all of us at the feet of Jesus and at the foot of the cross. But how can we help people figure out who they really are so that they can kind of go in that particular vein? But the problem is, is that I think um, we find ourselves in this place of just going, well, we saw the dudes at Bethel do it, so we're going to do it. Okay, well, but did you know why they do it that way? Um, did you actually stop? And I mean, I love what I just heard Chad say about, man, I listen to a song and I start to think about these zones and I start to think there's an intentionality there that I think is lacking in a lot of communities. It's just, let me copy and paste. Um, and ultimately, I think when you don't have that intentionality and you don't fully understand the why, what you're doing actually is just falling flat. And it becomes a distraction because ultimately there's no heart and there's no vision behind it to say, this is the journey that we're going to take someone on and we're going to move them closer to the heartbeat of who Jesus is from the moment that they walk through our door to the moment that they walk out that door and get in their car. And I think that that's a really big deal. And right now in the midst of this pandemic season, I think we're in this place of going, man, people aren't pulling into parking lots walking into buildings and sitting there. Um, but yet we have this moment to be right in their living room and to bring a message of hope and a message of life um, and an opportunity for someone to go, you know what, let me just push past uh, the pressures and the stresses of my week and move in to a place of experiencing who Jesus really is. Um, and that, to me, um, is a really, really, really big deal because I think people need hope right now, um, and I think people need joy right now, and I think people need Jesus right now. Um, I can look at the world and in about two seconds say, we really need Jesus right now. So <laughs> ultimately, I think we need to think about what is it that we're doing with the tools that are in our hands, and how are we stewarding them well so that people walk away going, I experienced Jesus, not I saw something cool. Um, yeah. Well, I love the idea of people thinking about how they're telling a story, mm -hmm. because I think that 
that through line and that thread and the arc and all of those things, you can't achieve that if all you're doing is copying and pasting other people's stuff. Right. The other challenge that when you brought up the whole vision piece that you guys talk talk people through, I've been in some environments where people will do a great job of telling you who they are and where they're headed and all that, but nothing that they produce, nothing that you see that they put out looks like what they say they're mm. about. And many times it's they think they're saying one thing, but they're really communicating something else. Mm. And it's it's not always because of super good quality. It might be that there's quality that's lacking. So, I mean, there's there's a lot of conversation that can happen in here. But Chad, you talked about um, this idea of not letting people just totally free for all. You know, there's still some guardrails. There's still some boundaries. And within that, I think there is a skill component that is important because, you know, you can be super creative, but if it's not skillfully done, that's a problem. And then to your point about vision, Nick, it's like, okay, if you say this is what you're about and what you're putting out there doesn't look like that, then there's a disconnect. So let's talk for a minute about those disconnects because I think there's, there's several. And the thing about it being out there, whether it's on a screen or on the web or recorded, it's like it's captured forever. And so sometimes people can't even see their own deficiencies in what they're putting out. Because in the moment it feels cool or there was a cool moment on stage and, so, and we don't remember what it really looked or felt like. So, there, I mean, there's so many things that we could unpack. But Yeah, I, th I think to that point, though, uh, back to what you were saying, I, I mean, one of the beauties is, is <clears throat> if, if the content is still living out there in the wild, um, it would be amazing to just stop for a minute throughout the week and watch what you just put out and take notes, objectively looking for, did I achieve the goal of what I was really looking for? Um, or what we were really hoping to do as a team. And then take that, you know, feedback, take some notes and let that be some information that helps inform, you know, the next shoot. But a lot of guys are putting it out there because we've got to put a service out um, because that's where we are right now. And let's move on to the next. Um, and they but didn't I, even really have a goal in the first place. Right. But how do we get better if we don't stop and evaluate uh, what we're currently doing? Um, and maybe we, we don't have the knowledge to really change it too much. But how many different, um, you know, one of the things that I have, I, I'm going to sorry, rabbit trail here for a second. But one of the things that I think has been really beautiful in this pandemic season is how much collaboration I've seen. Um, between churches and between just guys in the industry working together and picking each other's brains and that kind of thing. People are more accessible now than they ever have been before. Um, I think there is an opportunity to go, hey, man, I don't necessarily know, but why not? Who are the top five people that you look to all the time uh, from a standpoint of influence or you know, even they're mentoring you from a distance, even if you're just watching their stuff and trying to replicate what they're doing, why not send your footage to them and say, man, could I pay you to spend an hour of your time to just give me some notes or some feedback or some things to think about? That's an incredible opportunity for you to grow and for your team to grow. Um, but yet I think some people are just like, well, we got to move on to the next. And it's like, well, let's not, let's not necessarily, uh, just, uh, check the box and move on. Um, this is really something that's important, especially when it comes to people engaging in content right now. Um, like never before, I think it's important to stop, think, 
be a little bit more meticulous um, and find ourselves in a place of trying to um, invite places of feedback so that we can all learn and grow and get better, better. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, that's actually the best way to really move into intentionality because mm-hmm. now you're, you're going back and watching your stuff. I mean, we, that's what we did all the time. Like every, when we first made the, like the big cinematic change, right. We, we basically every, after every service, we archived it, put it away. And then we went back like the, the next Monday and be like, okay, let's look at this. Ooh, yeah, this didn't work. Cause also in the moment, like in, you know, in the moment you can, there's things that you won't catch, you know, mm-hmm. especially in a live environment. So when you go back and watch it, you're like, Ooh, this shot was just way too shaky. Like, Hey, let's, let's dial that back a little bit, you know? And, yeah. or, you know, there's a, there's a picture, you know, or a, a, a shot. Oh, it looks really cool. You know, guitar neck down the line, really cool. But in the back, you see somebody bending over trying to fix their guitar pedal, you know, just things like that. Uh, but also becoming that, that then, you're telling your cam ops now, like, Hey, look out for this, you know? So they start to become a little bit more intentional of of the shots that they're getting. And they're always looking in the background and the foreground, always getting to that point. Um, And it, it does help. It does help limit those distractions that, you know, that can, that can often pop up when you're just like, Oh, they did it. So I'm going to try to do it like them. Um, Yeah. Oh, one thing, Nick, in your, um, in your comment online there, you talked about playing to the wrong crowd Mm. and it's probably hardest to fall into that trap. If you're audio, because like if something's just weird or bad, it feels like people are more vocal about it. Like if it's too loud or you can't really try, like, let me try this like new thing with the guitar. Like everybody's going to be like, um, no, no thanks. But over the last, you know, really 20 years in church with lighting, that's been an issue. It's a huge issue. Huge issue, right? Because I think they're the biggest culprit. They of, are. Of they, what they I always, just posted. They have been. And, you know, I've even said to some of my peers lovingly, hey, how about you start designing your lights around the vision of the senior pastor and your people and not your Instagram page? Yeah. And, you know, their eyes like go like, oh my gosh, like. But now, like, because of video becoming uh, cheaper and right. great equipment becoming more accessible, yeah. but also the style of video, like, it's not ENG anymore. Now it's this more cinematic. And ENG is what we had before, electronic news gathering. Like, if you think about a TV station, all the equipment in a TV station in the early 2000s, even now, still today, actually, all of that equipment is what was on every tour and that's what was in every single church well now it's cool to roll a camera out of focus right Right. and that is really kind of what we're talking about it's like and now you're holding them they're not on tripod so now i can walk around the room and right you know do that so like both of you guys uh nick and chad nick talk about you get spend so much time with senior pastors Mm -hmm. what do you feel like they wish their production teams did better when it when it relates to helping execute the vision of the church through technology. And then Chad, after that, I want to know from you, how do you safeguard against camera ops and video directors creating their own kingdom and highlight reels for their Instagram page? Because I think those are opposites, right? Because if we're 
if we're thinking about the church and the people in the seats, we're going to do things a certain way. And if not, yeah. it becomes highlights for our Instagram. Yeah, I've got some thoughts there. I think um, one of the biggest things that I see um, in the church world often um, is uh, the, the technology folks are so disconnected from the senior leadership team. Um, they're off over in a silo, in a vacuum. Um, they might uh, connect with the worship team or the communications team or something like that, you know, production, you know, kind of weekend services team. But in reality, time with the senior pastor to figure out what his heart really is and where he feels like God is taking them as a community um, is few and far between. Um, and I think that, uh, I think it's important um, if those two people or two groups of folks can come together and begin to have some vision casting and some some dream sessions together, um, because I can guarantee you it'll make the production job much easier um, than just trying to just be re reactive uh, to whatever uh, you know gets handed down to them on Friday night or whatever the case may be, um, or just frantic throughout the week and trying to kind of create within this vacuum. Instead, they could move into a place of going, here's what the heart of our community is, and this is where we're going. And so therefore, there's this place of planning and intentionality that can happen on the weekend. Um, and even with the specific gear choices that they choose, um, I can't tell you how many times we've been in churches um, where we've sat down um, and we'll, uh, we've been engaged by a production folk um, to say, hey, this is the project. This is what we're going to do. This is the thing. Um, and then we go, well, cool. Can we, can we sit down with some of your senior leadership team um, and you to talk through this project when we get into town? Um, it's like, okay. Um, and we get a dude in the room from the leadership team who really has no idea why we're there. Um, because the, the technology upgrade is so disconnected from the overall, like where the church budget and the church, uh, vision is at the moment. And we're like, this just got really awkward. <laughs> like, yeah. I feel like, I feel like we're here and yet these folks don't have any idea why we're here. And so now I got brought in to help, uh, sell the senior leadership team on why they need this piece of technology, which is something I'm never going to do. No, um, then you, <laughs> you end up just telling them like, hey, tech guy and executive pastor, you guys should just get lunch. Yeah. And a lot of times <laughs> I'll go, I'm just going to go get a coffee right now and let y'all talk because <laughs> it feels like there's some you know uh, competing visions here or lack of vision here. And so I think that it's really important to make sure that everybody on the team knows who we are as a community, um, understands uh, why we're doing what we're doing. Um, and then ultimately, when you can do that, everybody's rowing in the right direction. Um, so then production becomes more fun because you're not guessing whether or not the pastor or the leadership team like it or like what you're doing, it's all a cohesive expression of taking people from a moment of walking in, carrying a burden for the week, and ultimately being able to experience Jesus and leave that burden at the altar. It's like now we're working together to create a moment for people to experience who Jesus is. That's incredible. Well, and it goes back to everybody coming around, coming around that same why. I mean that's the that's the core component of all that. 
Yeah. I, I, I think that's probably one of the biggest things. I just wish um, that there were more tech guys that would go to their uh, leadership teams and go, hey, can I just grab a coffee with you? Or, hey, can yes. I just come and bring some questions to you? Because um, I really just want to understand your heart. And I have some guys that will say, well, my senior pastor is not accessible. Okay, wait a minute. I don't know any senior pastor who would be frustrated by you coming and saying, hey, man, I just really want to know your heart so that in my job and in my role and how it's playing out in technology, we're in alignment together. Um, if if that's not possible, then there's a whole nother conversation that we can have. Y'all can call me, find me on Instagram, and I'll counsel you through it. But I think that uh, <laughs> I think that there's some moments there that there's some real beauty that can happen when we get those folks working together. It's awesome. Well said. One of the biggest things that I really think is um, challenging around this building a highlight reel for your Instagram is that there is this place within all of us. Um, where there is this desire to be famous. Um, there's this desire to be the expert. There's this desire to have the kudos or desire to have, um, you know, people think of me as, you know, the guy. Um, and ultimately, you know, I think right now we're definitely seeing it more and more of my self-worth and who I am is really determined by how many likes I get on Instagram um, or how many followers I get on Instagram. Um, and I had an old mentor of mine um, named Ray Hughes who said, so many on the path to greatness get tripped up by fame. And I think that uh, for me, we're all called to do great things in the kingdom. Um, and I think that we're all destined to do that, um, big and small. And when I say greatness, I don't mean stand on stage to speak to millions, but I do think that there's something great that we're each called to do. But unfortunately, I think we get more excited about likes um, and interest and high fives and kudos than we do about going, I'm just going to stay in my lane and do what God's called me to do. Um, and I don't necessarily have to uh, post about it. I don't have to let the world know about it. I think it's important to put some stuff out there. Don't get me wrong, because we do that as an organization as well um, and as people. But I think there is this place of going, I know who I am and I know who God's called me to. Um, and uh, whether this makes me famous or not really doesn't matter. Um, I'm going to stay the course and remain faithful. Um, and from there, man, we can do a lot. Because the only thing that's important is making the name of Jesus great and famous in this land. So if we can all rally around that, our Instagram reels should be more about smoking meat um, and what we're doing with our families and friends <laughs> and those types of things and the occasional tech post as opposed to, man, I'm going to put this out there because I hope people like it. Okay, wait, that statement alone is a problem. <laughs> like that is something showing me at the core of who you are. Um, you need to really do a little soul searching and hang out with Jesus a minute and see who he says you are, um, as opposed to uh, trying to let everybody else define that for you by the like button and the comments that they make. 100%. Ex almost, almost exactly what I would say. Uh, first off, I love me some, some Papa Ray Hughes there. Love me, Ray Hughes. He's a dear, dear friend. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, it really does come down to identity. I think uh, a lot of times putting stuff out there, uh, I'm going to get this cool shot and we're going to record it because of two things. One, I want to be noticed by people. Two, I want to be noticed by people that I think that I look up to, right? Uh, you know, so one, oh yeah, look at this cool shot. We can, we did this really cool thing. Look at how good we are. 
you know, mm. or look at how cool this is, you know? And then two, man, I hope my mentor or people that I look up to sees and sees how cool I am, you know, mm. and gives me that recognition. And it all comes down to identity. I think um, for me, it's, it's one of those things that I, I, it's fundamental to me that I teach with, with my crew is, you know, what I do doesn't really, to be honest, doesn't matter, you know, because my identity isn't wrapped up in what I do. It's whose I am that, mm. that, that matters. And because of that, that's how I get to do what I get to do, right? That's how I get to sit down and, and really worship through my craft. Um, you know, there, there's, it's, I think there's a fine line as even then to like pursuing when you're pursuing all these shots, pursuing these things and trying to do these cool things and trying to, you know, all for the sake of putting it up there. I think there's a fine line between uh, excellence and, and um, uh, perfection. You know, uh, I never want to go after perfection. You know, um, I, I'm a firm believer that excellence is the kingdom, but perfection is religion. Uh, you know. Oh my gosh! Somebody write that down. Yeah, yeah. Uh, you know, I just, I just never want to go after perfection. I want to go after excellence. And what does that look like? It, it looks like honestly just humbling yourself and going, okay, what can I do for this? What can I do to tell the church's story? I think, or tell the senior pastor's story. You know, or you know, I, I talk to to people sometimes, and I'm like, listen, like for me, it's about honoring everyone that's on that stage. Like people put their blood, sweat, and tears into, you know, for instance, Ed Bethel, right? They put their they put a lot of work into writing songs, spending time with God and and hearing from him. And I want to show that off partially. You know, I want to, I yeah, want to yeah. show that like I want them, I want to be able to basically like come alongside them and help them show that song to the world. I want them, you know, and because not just because it's like, oh, it's a cool song, but really it's because. When I listen to it, I get touched. When I listen to it, I, in my heart, it's just like, oh, you know, it just hits me. Um, but yeah, it's it's something that I think it's hard in the production world too, uh, especially nowadays with Instagram and Facebook. It's everybody's trying to post stuff too, to you know. And I, I'm, I'm, I will say this: I'm, I'm part of that too. Sometimes I want, I want to share stuff, or I do share stuff, and I'm like, yeah, check out this cool thing that happened, you know. But to, to sit back and go, you know what? My identity is, re- is it's never going to be wrapped up in what have I, what have accomplished. You know, uh, I want, I don't, I don't want to be driven. I want to be focused and focus for me is like, my heart is set on one thing and that's to worship God. And to, and when I do that, that's the, that's the way that people can now feel what's happening in the room at home. Because my, my, my focus is like, I'm just here to worship Lord. And and also at the second, the second part to that, it's like, I am often more often than not. So I would say that I'm, when I'm directing, since that's my act of worship, I'm fighting either for my breakthrough, but if I'm good, if I come to the, to work that day, I'm like, God is good. My, you know, things are going good in my life. I'm actually now thinking about the other, and I, I, I would say that all the time, but I'm thinking about now I'm going to worship in such a way that I'm fighting for somebody else's breakthrough, you know, Joe or Susie, you know, or that could be watching. Like I want to do that's That's where the excellent part comes. Like I want to do well enough. So that way, you know, and be intentional. So that way there's, there's not this, this distraction, I think. Um, and then when you're doing it just for likes or for Instagram, that's, that's, that's where it all falls short because now you're just, 
trying to show off for your friends, you know, oh, look at this cool thing. And then, you know, oh, did you see what so-and-so did? And it's like, no, it's not about that. It's really just like, no, the heart of it is, did you do well enough today for someone to be like, Lord, I want to be a part of part of this kingdom, you know? Um, sorry, I'm kind of rambling so right now, but no, that's great. No, I love the I love the heart behind what you're doing. And I think that, um, you know, that whole thing that you just said uh, about excellence versus perfection, um, perfection is about me. Excellence is about an offering. It's like, you know what I'm saying? And I think there is this place of going, one is about patting myself on the back and getting people to go, man, that was perfect. Um, we're always, I mean, that's crazy. Perfection is, is something that will ultimately, um, I think that's, it's something that will be uh, to our own detriment if we're chasing after perfection. But I love everything you've said today is all about saying, dude, I, I call shots and do what I'm doing because this is the way in which I worship. Um, and I'm bringing excellence to the table. Um, and I'm either fighting for my breakthrough or somebody else's. That alone would change. If everybody that's listening to this right now would just stop and go back to the way in which they're going to, uh, you know, call the shots for the weekend, if they have that heart and that mentality, I guarantee you it's going to be a different experience for somebody else. Um, I guarantee you they will have uh, an incredible uh, weekend and they'll start to move the needle if they start to remember that this is about others or it's about something going on in my own soul. Um, That has a has a way of driving this to a whole new uh place honestly yeah the anvil over the head for me happened on a tomlin tour about five years ago some people have heard me tell this story before but i was you know i love and lee you can attest to this too i mean we love big drums in a big room it's like that's as a mixer that's like man if if my drums are rocking I'm in my happy place, right? And so I've found myself just head down, tweezing over the excellence of my snare drum and trying to get every little thing out of it that I could and just looking up going, man, this is rocking, this is great. And I happened to look down the aisle to this guy who is in the in the show, standing next to his wife. He looks like she just dragged him there because she's a fan of Caleb or whatever. And he's just standing there with his arms folded, just kind of like, I. this is the last place in the world I want to be. And it was like, God hit me over the head to go, okay, your role is not in how cool your snare drum can sound. Your role is how can you move that guy one step closer to me? And so by the end, it was like a light so bulb good. for me to go, okay, by the end of the night, can I mix in such a way that his arms are unfolded, <laughs> that yeah. he might actually pay attention to the words on the screen, that he might actually yeah. hear his wife worshiping and be moved by that? You know, what are the things that I can do through my craft to move him to take a step in his faith? Yeah. And that little that shift, it's like it's a fine line between excellence and idolatry. Yeah. And I think if the more we can ask ourselves that question to go, okay. Not only where is my where is my heart in this, like where's my motivation, but where is my worship in this? You know, that that's gonna change the game for so many people. But it's so hard because you get caught up in the the pace and the yeah. urgency, and you do want to be great, like you don't want to be distracting. It does need to be excellent. So it's it's a constant it is just yeah. self-check. And then I think having other people check in on you too to go, bro. 
how are you doing? Like, no, how are you really doing with that? And I think if we're open enough and humble enough to go, man, sometimes I really do struggle with this. Yeah. You know, we can call each other out when we need to, to go, okay, excellence or idolatry. Where are we? You know, where, cause it's a sliding scale for most people, most of the time. Right. Yeah. I, I think a lot of it too, it's, it's uh it's funny cause Nick's post and Lee's post actually, it really hit me for, for a second. I was like, Whoa, I had to take a step back. Okay. Have I been, have I been doing that? Have I been looking at it in a, in a, trying to do the coolest shots to put it out there. You know, uh, even, in, even, even I had to take back and go, you know, I think the first text I sent back to, to Lee was, I feel attacked, but it was really jokingly <laughs> yeah, saying it, yeah. you know, but it, in reality, it's like, I, I think it goes to also, it's, it's one of the things, um, what you were talking about, Jeff is like, I think in that moment you found your why I'm really right. big on that. You know, it's like knowing your why, why do you do this? It's not, you know, I'll, I'll talk often talk to other churches and, and production teams and I'll ask them like, what's your why? And a lot of times it's, oh, you know, we want to make, you know, this happen and we want to make it look good. We want this, you know, but I, I kind of bring them back and I say, no, you, your why is really what what drives you to do stuff for the kingdom. Like, you know, for, a, you know, long story short, my why is I didn't want to be at work one day. I was tired, just did a conference. Girl comes in, cries, and is like, hey, is that Stephanie Gretzinger up on stage singing? And, and I look up, I'm like, yeah, it is. You know, like, whatever. <laughs> kind of just like done for the day already, you know? And it was like 7 a.m. And uh, she starts bawling, crying. I'm like, oh, Lord, this is not what I want to do right now. I just want to do my job, go home. And uh, and then her parents come in. She's like, oh, these people, this this is uh, my parents and they start crying because they see Stephanie on stage. So I asked them what, what, you know, if I can pray for them or anything. And they, they basically looked at me and so they said, you have no idea what Stephanie's worship has done to set my daughter free. And my daughter would not be alive today if it wasn't for you doing wow. your job hmm. and you being able to broadcast this out to the world. And that immediately brought me to tears. And I'm like, I'm sitting there. I'm like, wow, Lord. Like for me, that became my why, because it, it, no matter how hard it gets, or even when I think of things like, like, oh man, this is going to be such a cool shot. I'm going to get this shot out the door. It's going to look so good. And even in those moments, I'll, I'll get hit with, well, is that, is that the reason that? And I immediately get taken back to that moment. And I'm like, no, the actual moment, the reason why is, is because there are people out there that I'll never meet that has been, have been touched by the ministry that I was able to broadcast throughout the world yeah because none of this conversation is to say stop doing cool things yeah no, no. I mean, that's that's no. not what we're saying i don't want no. people to walk away and go oh great i gotta go back to you know news gathering no that's not what it is it's it's the motivation behind it and yeah. and like you say the why because you'll get better at it if your why is correct you know exactly it'll actually free you up to be more creative right right it well and it aligns the whole team like when your whole team is in alignment the worship team the pastor and the production team around the same why it's the it'll that'll be the best season of ministry your church and your team has just guarantee yeah. because yeah. when it's not fun it's because no one cares about the production team the worship leader doesn't like us it's all that so and it's so easy for production types to go eeyore 
Oh, yeah. Like by default, it's like we start feeling sorry for ourselves and nobody likes us and nobody knows what we do and blah, blah, blah. It's like, man, don't do that. Okay, let me throw a curveball in this why conversation. So I think sometimes your why needs alignment. And this happened to us when COVID happened. It -hmm. was like the initial reaction for a church with some resources was, yes, this is our chance. Our online audience can go to hundreds and hundreds of thousands, if not millions now, right? That's where we immediately went. We went, let's start programming for an online audience that's all around the country. I I even had finance monitoring like zip codes of first-time givers, and I set up all these metrics and like, okay, let's set up, <laughs> let's see how how far this actually goes. And then it took about six weeks of banging our heads against the wall and watching the numbers go down every single week. You know, they went from triple to quadruple what a normal weekend was to now down to 30% of what a weekend was. So it's just freaking tanked, right? So after like six weeks, we went, who are we kidding to think we're going to compete with Stephen Furtick and Michael Todd? Like, it, <laughs> like, come on, like, really? So we went from going to program for brand new people to our church. These people in our city are at home right now and can't come here. Let's just talk to them. Let's just let's teach them the Bible and let them sing the songs that they know and love. And like it, it totally changed. You know what I mean? And it was almost like yeah. it was freeing in a way. And I think the church felt it too. It went from we were doing church in like a white box studio to the, like that no one had ever seen before because it was better video. It was really cool and it sounded cool and it looked like a TV show. And then we went back to the empty room that people are used to and it wasn't as good and it didn't look as good and it, it wasn't as cool and they liked it way more, way more. And it was live and there wasn't a bunch of editing and all this. It was just, I'm at church, but I'm at home. So it was better for them. Well, especially in that part of the year because the last thing people needed was to be bombarded by more content. Like people were just in the middle of Zoom fatigue. Their kids are online for school. They have no idea how they're doing this. The last thing they want to do is go to another thing on a computer. It's like, no, I need something that feels familiar, that feels like home. And that is what you guys were able to offer. But that, that shift, man, it's so important. Okay, Chad, let's back up and get some practical stuff because I want to know like what are some tangible things when you talk about giving a camera operator a zone and some guardrails like what are you doing yeah you mentioned a list of five things what is that uh yeah so for me there's about five um rules that I kind of uh stick to is one being usable 100 percent of the time um it's mainly just because I cut so quick I'm, I'm a little different there's times when when I feel like there needs to be a little bit of faster cuts just to kind of bring that energy up, kind of push the push that push that energy out there. Um, so trying to be usable a hundred percent of the time, what that looks like is like if they're going from, you know, bass to drums, you know, do it in such a way that I could even just take that shot and let you go from bass to drums. Uh uh two is definitely be intentional, you know, always thinking about where your shot's gonna land. And that leads to number three is always knowing your end frame. So know that end frame, know where, where you want it to land. 
Um, the, for me, a big distraction is when I take a camera app and they were going from keys to violin or something, and but they they didn't think it through. So when they go to violin, they're it's kind of like, oh, where am I going to? Oh, I'm going to go in the left third. No, the right third or center, you know, and you can kind of see the camera kind of like, oh, where am I going? Uh, so I want that to kind of like just land, land on, on, on a spot that, that you already know. Um, and then knowing your zone, you know, um, for instance, it, a lot of times uh, I just it's just because it's out of habit. Camera five is usually my drum cam. So five will be responsible for drums and, and bass and uh if there's an electric guitar on stage right or stage left where the drums are, then that that's what they're responsible for. Um, and then the last thing is really just like uh, active listening, um, always listening. So we pipe uh, program feed into the comm so that they can hear what's going on. Or if we if we can't do that, we don't have the ability to do that. I try to at least get them a, a, a mix, an inner mix so that they can hear what's happening. Um, and then that way they know they can hear, especially on the, if there's any spontaneous moment or something, you know, where violence starts playing, they know like, oh, that's what for me, whatever I hear, I want to see. So they're going to, they know, oh, Chad's going to want to see that. So one of them that's closest to them will pick that up because they hear it automatically. So always listening to what's happening in a song, what, what an instrument is playing, you know, what a vocalist is singing. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much the five deals that I, that I usually put out there when I'm, when I'm training somebody. That's so good. I love the idea of a camera op always having something worth taking. Like if their mindset is, I want my viewfinder to always be something that could be on screen anytime. I mean, that's just so huge. That's cool because we have this dolly track and they'll, you know, do the slow push across the dolly and then they'll have to like speed up to go to the other side and then like reframe on how they wanted to set it. So there's like as equal amount of time usable as not usable. I never thought about that. Yeah. <laughs> That's really interesting. And the end frame, the end frame too is so yeah. important. Like for them to know, okay, here's what I'm going to do, but how's it going to end up? Where am I going to stop? That's that's huge. I think it's also what what I've learned is um, actually what some of the cam ops that that I had over at Bethel taught me was like they started getting to the point where um, they would they would do the end frame and being intentional at the same time. So uh, I remember once they went from keys to the violin, but when they went to the violin, the violin dropped their bow, so they went down to pick it up, and so there was not now not a shot to go to. So what did they end up doing? They they found the closest thing. They just went right back to keys, you know, <laughs> you know, yeah, because yeah. I wasn't as the director, I was kind of like looking at the other shot. So I was still on them. So they just went slowly right back to keys, you know? Uh, so it's like finding that, that place too, where you can go from, from being intentional and, and um, knowing your end frame. But then if there's a, something that happens in the foreground or the background, you're like, Oh, okay. I got to find now a, a spot and, and doing it in such a way where it's, it's, it's that finesse, right. Doing it in such a way where you're not, distracting or it, it still seems intentional even though it was re uh, wasn't really intentional yeah because it is live and so there are going to be things that happen where it's like oh can't do that <laughs> so bethel and transformation and we're the same at bayside um we plan things but not really i mean like we do run throughs but they're not like full q to q buttoned up rehearsals so one would think by the video work that you do that there's a lot of rehearsals and things. So like how, what types of systems have you set up so that you can have a great 
outcome with not having to do these rigorous rehearsals? Yeah. Um, knowing the set list ahead of time as much as possible. Sometimes, you know, it, it, there, there's definitely things that, you know, it won't come until last minute um, when those things happen. So first of all, I, I send them out, I send out all the MP3s, you know, whatever is songs that's going to be done uh, to the, to the team and have them. And also they already know on the schedule when they're scheduled, what their, their camera is. So they know their zones already. And so in their head, they're rehearsing, you know, like, Oh, okay. This keys part I'm on, I'm on keys this weekend. I'm going to get that, you know? Um, and then if they didn't get a set list done in time, then it's everybody come in early, sit down, we'll listen to soundtrack, you know, and, and really go over anything that needs to happen as far as like, if I'm hearing something and, and I actually want to call a shot for like, Hey, from this one, go from drums to bass, you know, that kind of a deal. But for the most part, that's, that's been the, I think the, the, the easiest way to, to kind of work around that where it's, it's always, you know, you just never know. Sometimes it'll change on the fly, you know, and then spending time. I think a lot of it has to do with spend time with your crew, spend time. You know, it's, it, for me, it's like a second family. So as much as I can, you know, I'll have them over for dinner. We'll just spend time, break bread, just build community with them so that everybody knows each other and they trust each other. And then from there, you know, they all know like, Oh, Chad's going to want this or, you know, I know my camera op on camera five that I put it when I take him, I know what he's kind of going to go to next and do. And so it's, it's one of those things, just spending as much time and it's, I'm finding, so I'm finding it different here at transformation only because the team here has to be bigger. Right. So at Bethel, it was kind of a smaller team, a little tight knit. So here it's, it's something there. It's, it's, it's a good challenge for me where now I'm having to, okay, how am I going to do this where I can bring everybody together, at, uh, you know, and spend that community time together and have everybody? Because at the end of the day, with what transformation is going to be doing uh, later this year, it's 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 pretty big. And and it's one of those things that's we're going to need a pretty quite a big crew to to accomplish. Right. It, so. You're talking like Bethel was like a six or seven hundred <laughs> seat room. Yeah, it was about eight hundred. Yeah. And transformation is the lower bowl of an arena. So to take your NBA basketball arena chop off the top level and that's what you got. So just naturally you need more cameras just to tell the story. It's a, it's a different animal. Um, I want to hear from both you guys on this, like what's inspiring you guys. So like what churches are killing it right now that we should look at, that we probably have never heard of, or maybe we have heard of them and we just need to dig a little harder. And then like, what's, what concerts or tours are starting to do great, great stuff? I was going to say this earlier, like when we mentioned in the first of the podcast, like church has kind of always been behind in technology. I actually think with video, we've passed a lot of what you see. So if you go see a, you know, top 40 pop tour, the video, it's still iMac. It's I'm putting the pop singer on the side screens. If they still have side screens, a lot of them are doing you know, LED on the ups, upstage side of the of the stage, but it's still not like what we're doing with this cinematic storytelling in church. I think it's starting to happen. I just saw on Netflix um, the Sean was it Sean Mendez that that tour that just came out. Okay, that one's good. That one's really good, actually. So I'm curious to hear from you guys. Like, what's inspiring you? I found that I still well tend to watch probably a ton of other churches. Um, I, I can't really name, like, 
Yeah, yes, there's the elevation. Um, there's Central Church in Vegas that I watch, you know, um, things like that on the big scale. But I also tune into some of the smaller, smaller ones. I, I've often found that some of my best ideas come from watching a smaller church stream because um, they're, they're doing stuff that, you know, they're, they're doing stuff that I wouldn't necessarily think about. Um, as far as like tours and stuff, yes, definitely the Sean Mendes thing blew my mind. You know, I mean, for me as the, as a director, it was one of those yeah. things where there were definitely certain points that like, oh man, it'd be great if it kind of got this shot or, you know, but for the most part, it was really, uh, really, really good. Paul Dugdale was the director for that. And he, he's just insane. Um, uh, the new Carrie Job stuff, uh, Cody Carnes, Carrie Job stuff, um, by Steven Lester, who's an amazing, amazing director. Um, that kind of a stuff, um, is what I've been paying attention to. Um, but yeah, I think recently it's, it's just because of COVID too. It's like, there's a lot of these like tours that were shot that are now coming out that, that where they, they have the ability, um, to kind of, you know, push, push the boundaries a little bit. Cause now it's, it's not just for the audience in, in there, you know, in the arena, you know? So yeah, that's, that's, I think there is one more thing I, I, I really want to touch on too with that though. It's like, you'll watch it. And like, for instance, the, the Sean Mendes thing, it's, it's pretty much done in post. Like a lot of it's done in post. So, but not to say like, for me, my big thing is I want to do, I want to, it's hard to say this, but I, I don't want to have to do, I want to do something excellent without having it to go to post, you know, like doing something mm-hmm. so, so good where it, it doesn't really have to go to post. You could just put it up there. And number one, it saves money. <laughs> Cause now you're, right, know, you're right. doing a lot of post-production stuff, but number two, it's, it's one of those things where it, it saves time as well. Um, so that kind of a deal, like watching that kind of thing and then trying to replicate that on a live scale, um, is something that I I'm still trying to do. And I, I constantly try to push myself to do. It's really cool, man. I think to answer your question, I, inspiration for me comes from a diff- number of different sources, but <laughs> When it comes to video, man, I've seen some really cool stuff. I go to Red Rocks Church, so obviously I love what John Clark and those guys are doing over there. Um, I just think they have a really cool vibe, and I just love their heart and their intentionality uh, by what they're doing. Um, and on top of that, uh, Crossroads in Cincinnati. Um, I have some connections out there to some old college friends, and uh, we don't even—they're not a client of mine. It's just somebody that um, honestly I—I I love what they do. There's so much heart and intentionality behind uh, how they approach video. And I just think it's really rad. And they've done some really cool, um, even like music videos for some of their worship stuff that I go, man, that's rad. Like, that's just really, really cool. And I love why they did that. Um, I think they shot one in like an aircraft hangar um, that was all white um, that ended up using the floor almost as a lighting fixture itself because everything was reflective off of it. And it was just so cool. Um, I thought that was a really rad moment. Um, and by the and way, then, their their senior pastor is my favorite guy right now. I, I actually had the privilege of being at a retreat with him um, up at Jim Bergen's cabin from Flatirons. Uh, That's funny because when I I just stumbled across Brian's podcast, yeah, and I'm and I'm also friends with Jim, and I thought if these two guys ever get in a room together, I have to be there. So they're they're old friends, and they did. Uh, a retreat and 14 pastors joined them up at Jim's cabin and summit got to be there and be a fly on the wall and just serve. Um, we smoked barbecue and did a bunch of stuff and just hung out. And, um, the conversations were incredible. 
Um, but one of their uh, lighting designers is an old um, guy who's over some of that stuff and weekend and crazy experiences. Um, there's a guy named George Kazaklis. He's an old friend of mine. He's an old, he's my roommate from college. Um, and uh, he sent me a whole bunch of their things and I just went, man, I love what they're doing. Um, they, they've got some really, really cool stuff. Um, and then I'm friends so with the cool. dudes at Visual Edge um, and they did a, a thing for the weekend um, for Vivo channel that just blew my mind. Uh, I was in a spot of just like, I was watching it on my phone and I just kept rewinding. I was like, that is crazy. Like I yeah. loved what they did. And those dudes yeah, are he's, rad. He's talk, you're talking about Josh Beard, who we've had on here before. Those are great guys. Yeah, great dudes. Um, and then they just did a huge arena thing for uh, Shoreline City that was really cool. Um, which is, I mean, I'm a fan of Shoreline City and uh, the way they used LED wall and the content behind that was just really, really slick. Um, I thought it was it was unique. It was different. And you don't see that a lot um, in the church. What they do? So well, just the way in which it was more of a lighting fixture that had these small little elements to it. But the way you got to go look at the set design because the set design okay. was just rad. Um, and, uh, I know the dudes at Shoreline pretty well because they are a client. We've done a bunch of projects with them. Um, but they couldn't, uh, this was what was cool was knowing that I, I know Josh and Steve and those dudes over there, they couldn't have better captured and articulated the essence of who Shoreline city is. Um, yeah. they just couldn't have done a better job. Like they just nailed it. And, uh, to me that, that was a really cool thing to see technology really match the expression of who these guys are as a people. Um, and that was one of those moments where I just went right on. Good job. <laughs> that was, that was amazing. So nice. Well, again, that goes back to telling a story, getting the, getting the vision right in the first place, and then using the technology to express that uh, in an effective way. That's, that's what this whole thing is about. Yeah, they did a really rad thing. Um, but honestly, the thing that's been, uh, I've spent the most time, maybe it's because I've tried to find the end of Netflix uh, during this pandemic season, but um, I I watch a lot of like stand-up comedy. Um, and I think that uh, some of those different stand-up comedies um, that you, you watch, I love the camera shots. I love how you feel like you're in the room. Um, and uh, I think that there's some things there that we still could learn from when it comes to uh, creating a presentation for our communicators um, that's more engaging than just a wide shot and a tight shot. Um, I just think that there's so much more to it. Um, I love when you get that little you know, almost behind the scenes of the curtain kind of look and you get to see the people laughing their heads off, yeah. you know, um, and you get to see, you get pulled into this moment. Um, and it, that's, uh, that takes a lot of work. Um, that's, that's not easy. That's high risk, high reward. Yeah. So Chad, talk about that for a minute. How, how are you thinking about camera shots and framing for the talk, so to speak, that might not be as artistic as the worship set, but how are you talking to your camera ops differently about how we're shooting the speaker? Oh, thanks, Nick. That's such a good point and topic to point. Like we never, we always talk about the worship aspect of it, but never the message part of it. Right. So it's like, it's one of those things. Like uh, I think like the coolest thing that I've experienced so far um, here at transformation is that um, pastor Mike Todd and has taught the entire staff that's going to be on camera to follow tally and it is the the coolest thing because they're looking directly to the audience because there's nobody in the arena you know right now so it's like 
what are they going to do? And I think to get to just have them follow Tally for one is just amazing. But uh, two, I think what I usually do is I I try to. It it all depends on the com- the communicator. So you know I have the privilege with Pastor Mike. He's just so like. He's so filmable, right? He's just his, yeah, his expression, yeah. his face, his his facial expression, the way he moves, and the way he communicates is in such a way where I I literally change the way I I actually capture a sermon. Um, I you know at Bethel it's you know your three point shots, you have your wide, your mid, your tight, your you know you're following every once in a while you get a little bit tighter. Um, but here I'm actually taking a more cinematic approach. Like there are times when I'm having a slow push into his face as he's trying to communicate a, a, a certain part of his message that he really wants to hone home. Um, and so, and looking at things like that um, and really just communicating to, to your, your crew, it's like, Hey, give me a, just more tighter. Just give, give me a little bit more, a little bit more, you know, that kind of a deal. Um, and, and it's, and it's one of those things too. I think it's easy. It has actually, you know, we talk about at transformation being hot, being humble, open, and transparent. And that's what I'm going to do right now with you guys. Like it has actually um, helped me to really engage in the message again. Um, it's helped me to, cause now I'm having to really pay attention to how, what he's saying. And I think uh, we get, we get so easily into a spot where, okay, worship is done. Let's just chill now. And message is the message, right? You're just hitting three cameras, you know? And we we often kind of just like oh we'll we'll go back and watch the message later, but there could be something in that message for you right there and then you know so I think it kind of goes into that it's like just just come back to that come back to actually paying attention to the message and really taking taking what you do with the worship and that cinematic approach and putting that into the to the message can totally change the game for even even the 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 communicator that you're kind of thinking like wow there's not a lot of expression there's not you can still make it look good. You know, you can still kind of, kind of push that, that cinematic thing out there like that. But at the same time, I think it'll, it'll help you as a director to actually like, okay, now I'm actually listening to the message. Now I'm actually kind of really engaged again, you know, rather than just like, Oh, worship's over. Okay. Now I'm just going to kind of do the same three point three camera shoot up, 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 you know, that, that kind of a deal. Um, but yeah, I, I, it's, it's one of those things that I I'm, I'm so happy to be, to be able to have a communicator where I can actually, really do cool stuff, you know, during the, the message part. And your services are two and a half hours. So you, it is like no holds <laughs> bar from beginning to end. Cause it's like pre-show and then high energy worship. And then a message that's an, at least an hour and you got to be on your toes. So like Sunday is not easy for you. That is work, son. <laughs> wow. Okay. So one more thing, Chad, um, for the for the video director or the TD who's listening, who maybe has a smaller team or less experienced volunteers, what are the top like two or three things that you would say in terms of camera training, like for an op? Like what does the camera op need to start with? What are the fundamentals? And then maybe like for somebody who's going, okay, next level, what can I do? What's two or three tips that you would share in terms of how to train volunteers? Yeah. Um, I found the quickest way to train volunteers has been the shadow system. Um, first, if you don't have, so if you're starting from scratch, right, 
you don't have a, a volunteer yet that knows your style or what you're kind of going for. Uh, one, show them examples of what, what you kind of want it to look like. Um, and then take them through it, like practice. Like I, I would practice myself like on camera, like how, how can I do this movement? How can I do that? And then just practice, practice, practice by yourself and then take that and, sh- and basically have them shadow you during like a rehearsal. You know, sometimes even if there's no rehearsal, you know, have them come in on a, on a night, on a night that you guys can go into the sanctuary, play, put some music on, turn the lights up, put a mic stand out and then practice on that mic stand, you know, um, the, so the shadow system, once you have a volunteer that actually has that feel and kind of get it, then have somebody shadow them. And then, you know, it just rolls into a snowball effect. Right. Uh, the other thing I would say is if you're trying, if you're a camera op, um, study, study, study. Uh, I think your biggest, your biggest thing is university of YouTube, you know, get in there, uh, check, check out all the, you know, lighting stuff for, for video film and things like that. Uh, MXU, obviously, uh, you know, they have, they have great resources, especially, and here's the other thing too. I think as a director, like you got to know every, what everybody else does. Like you don't have to be an expert at it, but if you can learn audio, if you can learn lighting, you know, know how they, they, they do their job and then you can communicate better and you guys can work together as a team. So that way, everything can, can, can be super copacetic. Right. And you guys can really, you know, really change the world really. But my, my tips are those just like one, uh, try it out for yourself first, show examples, and then, you know, study, 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 try to get, get as many things as you can. You know, I'll, I'll even like watch, go through social media of people that I follow and watch what they what they put out on their stories or their Instagram highlights. And because a lot of times there's like some small little nuggets in there that they're like, oh, we actually do this on the practical end, right? We actually take, we're actually patching in our, our ME1 to ME3 for this reason. And they're like, oh my gosh, I never thought about that. You know, things like that. So That's awesome. Cool. Well, uh, thanks for the MXU plug, but we don't have any videos on camera or video. So... I don't know if you'd be interested in helping out with that. I'm just going to put you on the spot. I'm, I'm down. Cool. Cool. Locked in. Coming soon. Awesome. Well, boys, that was fun. It was awesome. So helpful. I mean, I, yeah, I hope that people walk away with just a new way of thinking or at least a reminder of thinking about what's most important because I think that's really the bottom line is the identity piece is so huge identity to vision to execution and then that line between excellence and perfectionism or idolatry i mean it's so easy for this stuff to get out of whack for all of us but man what an opportunity we have you know i love nick hearing you talk about how we're leading people to jesus for crying out loud (laughs) i mean let's not lose sight of that as the fundamental thing and then chad for you talking about just how you have an opportunity to partner with the people on stage in how you lead your attendees to worship. I mean, it's, we know that's what this is, but man, it's so easy to lose track of that and to lose sight of it. So thank you guys for the reminders. Uh, Nick, so good. if somebody wants to reach out to you and have you help them extract vision from their senior pastor or any other <laughs> way that you can help them, how can they do that? 
Yeah. So you can find me on summitintegrated.com. Um, you can also just uh, find me at Nick Kofal on uh, Instagram and DM me um, and uh, or send me a message. And uh, I'd be happy uh, to, to walk you through that particular process. But yeah. <laughs> um, there's, a, there's a lot of great info out there. Go check out our Instagram um, as well as our Facebook. And um, one uh, small plug, uh, we started a thing, a, a handful. Uh, it's actually been a year. Um, and MXU was the first shot or the first group that we shot with this, but we started a thing called Summit TV um, where we started going around trying to uh, create a bunch of resources and moments for uh, us to dig in a little bit deeper with leaders and pastors um, and different guys that are just doing killer stuff um, around the country to just kind of understand their heart, uh, maybe some of their struggles um, and some of the things that they've learned along the way. Um, and it's been really, really fun and a really neat journey. And there's a whole bunch more of that stuff that's about to uh, come out. And we're going to be tackling some really hard and crazy topics uh, that the church world is dealing with. Um, everything from racism to all kinds of crazy stuff um, and uh, politics and all kinds of wild things. So, um, But it's going to be neat. Uh, it's going to be fun. But check us out. We actually just put all the content on YouTube now. Um, so check us out there. And uh, yeah, drop us a line if you if you want to connect. Awesome. Chad, how can people get in touch with you or follow you? Yeah. Um, yeah. The easiest way, if you got any questions, easiest way is just hit me up on Instagram and just DM me and then uh, we can go from there. I'm, I, I'm a big fan of doing Zoom calls. So, you know, so that way we can connect and because uh, a lot of times I found that it's easier to just have a face-to-face call and talk about like, hey, what, what what's going on? What's your church like? What's your environment like? And then having to help them through stuff like that uh, yeah so instagram chad vegas um and uh just look out for a new video course on mxu <laughs> yeah there it is baby <laughs> yeah baby let's go Bring it. <laughs> special announcement right there yeah man official well guys thanks so much and it's been awesome thanks for having us yeah thanks thanks so much